Amen. Let me share with you uh, some things somewhat briefly uh, this morning in uh, dealing with the, the, the subject, He Loves Us. Uh, this is our series, He Loves Us. And when you know you're loved, you can do things that you could not do before. When you know that you are loved, you'll go places you, you wouldn't have gone uh, before. And so we want to deal with this in uh, 1 John chapter 2. We'll begin in verses 28 and 29. And I've entitled this particular message, What Love? What Love? And um, it's like with an exclamation point. In John 1, 1 John 2, 28, And now, little children, abide in him, that when he appears we may have confidence uh, and not be ashamed before him at his coming. That we abide in him, remain in him, stay in him, keep yourself in him. That is, that when he appears, when Jesus comes, you may have confidence, you may have assurance and not be ashamed before him at his coming. So the scripture teaches us, or it implies that there will be some people who will not have confidence they will not have assurance, and they will be ashamed when he comes. I would like for us to, as it were, leave it all on the field. Some of us are measuring ourselves. I've, I've watched runners. I really love athletics, and I've watched runners run, and, and they, would, they would run a long distance, and afterwards, they would almost run the victory lap as fast as they ran. And I think, I think to myself, you didn't leave it all on the field. You didn't give it all you had. You know, because when you, when you run, run with everything you've got. And when you work, work with everything that you've got. And this is what the scripture is saying. Some of us are like pacing ourselves. But I, I try not to pace myself at all in a, in a, in a, in a, uh, a distance sense, a long distance sense. I don't pace myself as it were. What I, I do is I give it all I've got and I ask God for more. And I would like for you to be more like that than just pacing yourself, doing a minimum uh, uh, amount of things for Jesus, a minimum work, and then so that if somebody asks something of you, you'll have a little bit more. No, I, I give him everything. Now notice here, he says, uh, we want to abide in him, stay in him, do what he requires, so that when he appears, when he comes, uh, we will have confidence. You'll be bold. You will, you will be assured that I've, done, I've given Jesus everything. Amen? Amen? In verse 29, he says, if you know, uh, more like since you know. And sometimes if in, in the scriptures is really more like since you know. So if you know or since you know that he is righteous, you know, since you know he is righteous, there's something else you know. Since you know that he is righteous, you know that everyone who practices righteousness is born of him. You don't have to wonder if somebody is born of God. He says there are ways you can know that this person is practicing righteousness. So it doesn't mean that this person has a periodic or occasional failure, but this person is practicing righteousness. And so I think I'm looking at people who are practicing righteousness. You cannot practice righteousness without saying, God, I'm sorry, or without saying to others, forgive me. That's a practice of righteousness. 
So we know that if you practice righteousness, you're born of him. If you're not born again, you cannot practice righteousness. It's an impossibility. It is Christ Jesus our Lord in whom we have the boldness and access with confidence through faith in him. So we have this amazing boldness in our life, in our walk, when we come to God and we pray to God because we are in Christ and we have in Christ confidence, assurance, boldness, boldness through faith in him. That is, we believe that Jesus is God's answer. So it makes our life better. There are some believers today, and I'm sure that there may be one or two here today, your, your life is not that much better. It's not that much better. You wrestle with things you ought not wrestle with. You're always contorted, always in a knot, because what? You don't exercise faith in him. I've learned as I've grown older that even the bad things have something in them for me. I, I was younger. When I was younger, I didn't know that, didn't want to hear that. But even the bad things, even the things that I really wish were not in my life, would not come my way, have something in it. Why? Because God has promised the believer. He has given us exceedingly great and precious promises. He has promised us that all things work together for good to those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. All things are working for you. You have to understand that. Now, don't hear that and wish it were something else because I've just quoted you the word of God. So it won't be something else. No, you will not have your private interpretation. All things are working, good things and bad things. In 1 John 3.21, he says, Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence, we have assurance toward God. So we can have assurance. He wants us to, have, to live a life of assurance toward God. If our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence or assurance toward God. Now, even if our heart were to condemn us, even if that were, were the case, God is greater than that. He is greater than our heart. Amen. In 1 John 4, 17, again, he, it, when we see this amazing love that God has for us, it says, love has been perfected among us in this. What is the perfection of love? When does love reach its goal? When, when does, does love reach maturity? He says that we may have boldness, confidence, assurance in the day of judgment. That's so big. Love has been perfected among us that we may, why? When, when love reaches a maturation, it says you and I may, will have boldness. This is, we will have confidence. We will have assurance in the day of judgment. And he says, because as he is, so are we in this world. So then you and I have been practicing, as it were, walking like Jesus walks. This is so big, so amazing. So amazing. God gives you love, not so you'll feel really good and, and, you know, sweet and nice and all that. Oh, that felt so good. God gives you love to change you. Love is changing you. Some of us, though, reject love. We reject love from each other, and if we reject love from others, we will reject love from God. You will never know how much you're loved by God if you don't allow people to love you. Now, now, if that's you, just repent right now. You don't have to raise your hand. You don't have to jump. You know, when one accord was dancing, I, th I, I, want, I thought, 
man, I ought to just jump up and do one of those things. But then I thought, what if I couldn't stop? So I didn't. Yeah, you don't have to jump up and dance, but boy, I'm telling you, you have to receive love. Learn how to receive love. Don't think that everybody who loves you has got some uh, ulterior motive. Amen. Because as he is, so are we in this world. 1 John 5, 14 says, now this is the confidence. Now, now this is the confidence. This is the assurance that we have in him. Where is this? This assurance, this confidence, this boldness is in Christ. It's not in me. I don't think because I, I'm so all that. No, no. It's in Christ. All of my confidence is in Christ. I don't have confidence in myself. Not when I preach. Not when I talk. I have confidence in Jesus. I had a, a television in, interview uh, last Thursday night at the forum Sister Baltazar brought here to, to the church. Um, and uh, I had a, a, an interview. The news people wanted to interview me. And I walked out of the thing. I said, I sure flubbed that thing. You know, I mean, that was terrible. I said, you know, Lord, I need you every time I'm doing anything. I don't have it so together, so fixed that I can't mess up. I said, I sure flubbed that thing. And I walked out because I need him in everything. When we're preaching, I never, I'm never so confident when I stand up to preach that I'm going to be able to do well. I, my, I said, Jesus, help me. My confidence is not in me. It is in you. Amen. Amen. So the scripture is saying that, that this is the confidence, the assurance that we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Wow. So that's confidence. Now, there are some of us here, we're gaining confidence, but he says he loves you so much, you, you need to know, he loves you so much that he wants to answer every prayer you pray. So your desire should be, Lord, I want to pray according to your will. Reveal your will to me. Come on, and you'll do that. The love of God is making you better. The love of God is making you better. It is the love of God that is making you better. It's not knowledge in your head. It's the love of God that is making you better. I, 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 I lo love this in Acts twenty two fourteen, And our, our scripture, I, I'm, I'm getting these witnesses. I've, I've brought some witnesses from 1 John um, 3, 21, 1 John 4, 17, uh, 1 John 5, 14, and now I brought another witness from Acts 22, 14. I like to bring these witnesses to tell you, that, that will say to you, what he's saying is true. I'm just calling, I'm just saying, hey, okay, uh, uh, Your Honor, I need another witness here. So, uh, Your Honor, I need another witness here. Uh, Acts 22, 14, Ananias said to Paul, uh, Acts 22, 14, the God of our fathers has chosen you that you should know his will. He's chosen you to know his will. And as he, as he gave this to Paul to know the will of God, he has given to us to know his will. That's why we cannot forsake the assembling of ourselves together. We can know the will of God. I may not know the will of God instantaneously about a particular thing, but if I sit before the Lord, if I come before the Lord, I will know the will of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. He said to Paul, the God of our fathers has chosen you. You are chosen. You are chosen. You are chosen to know the will of God. You are chosen to know the will. And that's not just something like somebody says, okay, you won the door prize. I mean, the door prize is good, but this is not like you won a nice little door prize. You've been chosen to know God's will, to know God's purpose. 
This is huge. That's why he gave you Jesus, so you would know and have confidence in Jesus. Come on. He says, to hear the just one. You have been chosen that you should know his will and to see the just one and to see Jesus. I have seen Jesus. Have you seen Jesus? We have seen Jesus with our spiritual eye. We have seen him and hear the voice of his mouth. And you and I, every Sunday, every Wednesday, every time we open the Bible, we hear the voice of his mouth. That's not a small thing. And if you're casual about that, you will not have confidence in the day of his judgment. You won't be looking forward to his coming. When you hear the sound, you'll say, oh, I'm sorry. But when I hear that sound, I'm going to go something like, I'm going to do something like that. I mean, I'm going to do something like that because my English language is not going to be able to help me. I'm going to I'm going to go up too. Hallelujah. Midge, Midge Plesh and I used to have a little 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 back and forth about the rapture and what it's like and what it is. She said, well, I'm telling you, I'm going to be raptured. And I said, well, Midge, if it happens like you say, I'm going to hang on to your ankle and go with you. <laughs> I said, because I will not be left behind. Come on, I will have confidence. And you are already you must work on your confidence, work on your boldness, work on your assurance right down here in this present world. It's not going to be when the trumpet sounds, you're going to get confidence. Hallelujah. Je Jesus tells us in John 7, 4, uh, 18, I want to give you this other witness. John 7, 18 says, he who speaks from himself seeks his own glory. So stop talking out of yourself. Stop talking about your opinion, your, what you think. I just think this and, and my opinion. Opinions are endless. We're not talking about opinions. I, when I love our elders' meetings. In our elders' meetings, we don't talk opinion. We talk what God is saying. And if God, if God hasn't said something to one of those elders, they don't say anything. I love that. It's not, well, well, you haven't heard my, my opinion, my point of view. Well, we want God's point of view. And if you are representing God's point of view, speak. Amen. Are you with me? He says, he who speaks from himself seeks his own glory. But he who seeks the glory of the one who sent him is true, and no unrighteousness is in him. And so what Jesus is saying is that he was seeking the glory of the one who sent him. Jesus Christ has called us. He has called us, not that you and I might seek our glory. There are too many men and women of God who are seeking their own glory, building their portfolio, go, go, you know, building their resume so that everybody will welcome them and think that they are something very special and unique and they are the power of God themselves. No. That should never be our endeavor. That should never be what we desire to do. But we are seeking the glory of the one who sent us. That's why I preach Jesus in everything. That's why I see Jesus, whatever is going on in my life, I see Jesus there. Why? Because I'm seeking his glory. And any, anything that I may have done that seems like I've done well, I have to defer it. It's Jesus. Come on. Every crown I get, it belongs to Jesus. Hallelujah. He is everything. He is everything. And then John tells us in 1 John 3, verse 1, he says, behold, uh, this, uh, our pastor here told us it means understand. It also means look at this. 
Gaze at this. Fix your eyes and your attention upon it. Don't move from it. Behold, he says. So I want you to behold in the spirit right now. I want you to behold something right now. I want you to look toward Jesus. He says, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called the children of God. Wow. That's that's big. I mean, we hear that, we go, yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. What else? Good. Tell me something deep. I'll tell you what deep. What, what's deep is that look, gaze at it. Fix your eyes upon this. Look at the manner of love, the kind of love that God has bestowed upon us. Not because we were worthy, but he gave it to us because he is good. Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed, gifted upon us that we should look at yourself that we should be called children of God wow it does not look like you're a child of God to your neighbors your unsaved neighbors but you are children of God you are children of God it does not look like it no more than it looked like Jesus was the son of God that he was Yahweh in a human body he was Jehovah in a human body it did not look like Jesus was the creator of the universe because he looked like every other man every other child but Jesus is who he says he is and the resurrection was his vindication. You got, a, you got a vindication coming. I said, you got a vindication. Those of us who have placed our faith in God, we are now children of God. So, so John is telling us, it's love that declared you a son. It's love that said you are his child. Hallelujah. He says, he says, you are born ones of God. You no, no, you're not. Yes, we are adopted. Adoption has to do with, with having the full rights of an, a grown or an adult's child. You can handle the family business. So he's adopted us in that regard. But being born again is a new thing. It's an amazing thing. It means that that which is born of spirit is spirit. And, and the and the implication is so great. I will never go there. I will never go there on this side of the resurrection. But the implication says you are born ones of God. Born ones. For that which is born of the flesh is flesh, but that which is born of the spirit is spirit. You are born. You are like the one who birthed you. Hallelujah, somebody. Thank you, Jesus. It doesn't look like it yet, but you are. You are. Yeah, but, but let me say what John says. He says, therefore, because you are born of God, therefore, the world does not know us. He said, don't be all upset that you're not treated right on the job. Don't be all upset because the, all, all the political parties don't welcome you in. And yum, 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 yum. Yeah, don't be worried about that. Don't be worried that you are ostracized, set aside. Don't be worried about that. Because the reason they don't know you is because you are born of God. Therefore, the world does not know us. Why? John because it did not know him 
The world did not know him. You see, Jesus came to his own, but his own knew him not, did not know him. They didn't receive him. They didn't know him. They didn't know him. They didn't receive him. They didn't receive him because they didn't know him. Came to his own. And they didn't know him. They didn't receive him. They didn't receive him because they didn't know him. But to those who received him, you, to you, he gave authority. He gave the right to become children of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, hallelujah. You, you, you're, gonna, you're, gonna, you're encouraged. You're, you be encouraged. I said you be encouraged. No weapon formed against you can prosper. You be encouraged. Your father's almighty God, Yahweh, Jehovah. You be encouraged. Your life, your life is almighty God, Jesus, Yeshua. Hallelujah. The spirit in you is the spirit of the overcomer. Hallelujah, somebody. Hallelujah, somebody. Hallelujah, somebody. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. You, 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 are, you are so special to God. You are so special. Keep remaining on your feet. He says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He, only, he gave his only begotten son, Jesus, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That's you. That's for you. That's for you. That's for you. That's for you. This is to encourage you. To encourage you. You, you walk through this life. You're already a victor. You're already a son. That means you're an image bearer, ladies. You, you look like your daddy. You look like your daddy. Walk like your daddy. The Bible says, as he is, so are we in this world. Don't, don't you hear that, that word say, well, that's not me. It may be for somebody. It's for you. God gave his son for you that you would be also a son. Thank you, Jesus. Let me just share this with you. And we're going to pray. He says in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 4 through 7, it says, but God. He says this to take us in another direction because he, he's shown us who we, we are in the flesh. And no, you don't deserve what God has done for you. You're not some Hollywood starlet. No, I deserve this $5,000 ring or this $20,000 ring or this $100,000 ring. Oh, I deserve it. That's not who you are. We did not deserve it. But God, we, was, we, were, we were in this world. We were, we were strangers. We were aliens. We had no covenant with God, but God, who is rich in mercy, rich in mercy, 
I, I don't worry about going to, to hell. I, I don't worry about going to hell. I'm not going to hell. Yeah, but you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. I know who holds tomorrow. And he who holds tomorrow holds me. Caleb says something in, in the scriptures that just really blesses me when Moses had taken the children to the, to the edge of the promised land and he, he sent the spies in. And when he came back with a report, 10 of the spies said, no man, Moses, we can't do it. They, because they had no confidence. They had no assurance. Moses, we can't do it. We can't do it, Moses, because uh, there are giants in the land and, and those giants, they're big. We're small people. And Caleb says, these giants will be our bread. It doesn't matter how tall you are in stature, these childs will be your bread. I'm not boasting in myself, but when I was younger, I thought it was the Elizabeth syndrome. Oh, this one's going to get me. This one's going to get me, God. But now as a 72-year-old person, I realize these childs are my bread. They are my bread. These trials are your bread. But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, now God's mercy comes from his great love. His mercies are new every morning. I mean, he has new mercies every morning, not old mercies, not recycled mercies new mercies new mercies every morning and his love is greater than his mercy but God who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us even when we were dead in trespasses made us alive together with Christ. When, even when we were worthless, He made us alive together. Even when we were dead in trespasses, He made us alive together with Christ. And He says, He says parenthetically, it's an explanation of what He previously said. He says, by grace you have been saved. Now he just wants you to understand before he goes on to the next point. By grace you have been saved. You're not saved because of who you are. You're saved because of who he is. Made us alive together with Christ and raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ. Why all this love lavished is it wasted love? He says, why? That in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace. The exceeding riches. Riches that go beyond anything you can ever imagine. Exceeding riches of his grace. Not just enough, but exceeding. Far beyond. Exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus.
in Christ Jesus. Wow. Wow, wow. Wow. It's amazing. This is amazing love. It's amazing love. What God has done for us is incomparable. It is incomparable. Now, you may be here today and you say, well, um, Pastor, I just don't feel any of that. Just rebuke yourself right now. You don't have to wait till I rebuke you. You don't have to wait till I lay hands on you. You can just say, stop it right now. Sometimes I say that to myself. When I find myself drifting, I say, stop it right now. You hear me in Jesus' name. You stop it right now, Don Lavelle. Stop it now. I say that to me. A problem is you are a problem if you never say that to yourself. No, you are a serious problem, not cute talk. You are a problem in the relationship or wherever you are, you are a problem. On the job, you're a problem, I guarantee you. Wow, but you don't have to be. You don't have to be. I want to say to you, in final, he says, or finally rather, he says, whoever desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Maybe you have never done that. Maybe you have done that, and that's why you're here. But if you have never done that, you can come and you can enter this amazing love covenant and be changed forever if you're here today. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospel will save it. This is just antithetical to the world. But Jesus is telling us that if you lose now, you're going to save for later. In other words, this life, I've come to understand through the scriptures, is not really a, for us. It's a, it's, a, it's a sacrificial life that God has given us, an opportunity to live. He has given, and Jesus himself lived his 33 years on the earth sacrificially. The cross was not just the only sacrifice. Every day was a sacrifice. Every day. And he says, He who sent me is with me. The Father who sent me is with me. He has not left me alone, for I always do those things that please him. So Jesus lived a sacrificial life, and I have endeavored, and I do endeavor, to live that kind of a life. Because this life is not for us. He's got something for us. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or, or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? For whoever is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him the Son of Man will be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. I'm asking if there's anybody here. You don't know Jesus. Were Jesus to come in the next second or the next moment or the next hour, you will be ashamed. But you don't have to be. I'm going to ask you to, right now that if you're here and you don't know Jesus, you, you're not giving your yourself to Jesus. You've not given yourself to Jesus. You've not given yourself to Jesus. I want you to do that right now. If you're here, you say, well, Pastor Don, I've, 
I've not given myself to Jesus. I want to. We just raise your hand and leave it up until I recognize or somebody recognizes. Is there anybody else? Anybody? Anybody? Yes, sir. I see your hand. Is, that, is there anyone else you want to just give yourself to Jesus? Just raise your hand wherever you are. Okay, I see your hand there. Okay, I see you. Yes, ma'am. I see your hand. Wow. I'm going to give you the choice of staying there or you can come up. If you want to stay there, you can stay there. But I want you to pray with me. You can come or you can stay. Oh, she wants to come. She wants to come. You can come, precious. Wow, I'm grateful. Thank you. Thank you for coming. Okay, anybody else wants to come? Anybody else wants to come? We, we, okay, you can come too, but I know you're coming for a different reason. Yeah. We're going we're to just bless you in the name of the Lord. And, and this is what you've done by coming. You've said, I will come to Jesus Christ today. This man who was hanging on a cross, naked, beaten, looks like he's a bloody man. He's, he looks like he's defeated. He looks helpless. But this man is the Son of God. And in his, what is seeming, uh, defeat is the greatest victory ever wrought on the planet. And there, was a, there were two thieves crucified, one on each side of Jesus. And, and they both reviled him, said ugly things and crazy things. But one of them stopped and he said, wait a minute, this man is different. This man looks helpless, but this man is in charge of everything. This man is in communication with God and he's dying like no other man has ever died. Died in victory. And this is what you're saying today. And I'm grateful. And we're going to lead you to the Lord. I would like for you to repeat after me, if you will. Jesus, I receive you as my Lord and my Savior. I ask you to forgive me of my sin. And, and I will serve you all the days of my life. I will need your help. Therefore, I'm asking you to come into my heart and save me. Come into my heart and be my life from this moment forward. I thank you that today I'm a new creation. Old things are passed away and all things will become new. All things are new. In your name, Jesus, thank you. Amen.